G'day everyone and welcome to our Maribyrnong Sports Academy podcast. It's a special podcast called Getting to Know and we're using it to get to know our fantastic coaches here at Maribyrnong Sports Academy. We have so many coaches who have achieved so much in their own personal sporting endeavours and also their coaching endeavours that we just don't know all about them. So this is an opportunity for us to bring them to you and learn a little bit about their attitudes towards the world of sport. We thought we'd kick it off with our sports director here at Maribyrnong Sports Academy, who has been a coach in his own right as well. I know that he's won at least one football grand final, the premiership that I saw him involved with. It's Mark McCallion. G'day, Mark. Thanks, Tony. Great Thank to be you. here. Uh, great to have you on board. Uh, great opportunity for our our coaches and our staff and our parents and kids to learn more about the people here at MSA. Oh, definitely. We talk a lot about... You know, this place is, it's got some great facilities, but it's the people that make the place tick and make this place special. Uh, so we thought, yeah, what better way to get to know some of the coaches that maybe some of the student athletes haven't had that much exposure to yeah. or might be in a different sport um, to have a, you know, a series like this, bring your expertise to the fore and um, yeah, have a chat with the coaches and get to know some of the staff here a bit better. Well, let's get to know you. Yeah. Take us through your sporting journey. Sporting journey. Uh, so I was, um, uh, well, cricket and footy were the main two sports I played as a kid. Um, certainly much better at cricket than footy. Uh, and yeah, had a, a crack at premier cricket. So sort of gave up playing footy at about 17 uh, and moved from local cricket at Altona to Footscray and played, uh, I think it was six years at Footscray premier cricket, yep. all in the seconds. No games in the first, no games there in the thirds. Go. Um, I was a wicket keeper, yep. so the guy ahead of me um, held the game's record at Footscray, or held, holds the game record, um, so I couldn't knock him off. I thought a few times I was close, I tried to get him in the car park, but didn't quite knock him off. But, not even um, one game, you didn't not get him one game. game. No, I got closer, I got made some runs a few games in a row, and I thought I was really close, but yeah, couldn't get in, but um, oh, certainly no complaints, he was a, a gun keeper. Yeah. And then I moved to St Kilda and ended up played a, a few games in the first with St Kilda but only had the one year there so you would have been at Footscray around the same time as Tony Donamade and those sort of boys Tony and Merv, Merv yeah, yeah yeah so played um, well I was in the twos but yeah certainly uh, at the club at the same time as, as Tony and Merv so take us through the resolve that you had to have known that you were fronting up to the twos every week it must have been tough oh uh, yeah I mean when I went there I had the dream of playing for Australia like I yeah, yeah I still had that that dream in my own head probably wasn't in too many others' heads, but um, well, it was when I first went. Yeah, it was great environment to learn and learn a hell of a lot really quickly. Um, but yeah, I was it was probably my level to be honest. It yeah. was about you know I was a fringe fringe first player. Schooling. So I grew up in the west. Um, went to Sea Home Primary School oh, in yeah. Altona, and then. Uh, to what was St Paul's now Emmanuel College in Altona North. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, went went there, um, and yeah, had a great time schooling wise. And then uh, from high school, ended up uh, at Deakin Uni, studying PE teaching. Funnily enough, that uh, that was it initially. And then you went. In, did you go into business after that? So I actually did a so I did teaching degree. Halfway through it, I tried to um, move. They just started the first sports management degree in Victoria at Deakin, and I was at Deakin in Geelong. I tried to transfer to the sport management course, and they knocked me back twice. Um, 
But at that stage, yeah, I think I'd decided that's what I wanted to do, sports admin or sports management, not teaching. So then finished the degree. With about a month to go just before we finished, we got told there's no jobs out there for teachers. So they said you can either go and do relief teaching or we encourage you to continue studying. So I didn't want to study anymore. Um, And then I applied and was lucky enough to get a job with the Western Region Sports Assembly, which was an organisation that ran local sporting events funded by local government. Um, So, yeah, that that was sort of my exit from a teaching career and uh, and the entry into sports admin. And from there on, it just sort of grew, uh, CEO of numerous sporting organisations? Yeah, I I went from Western Region Sports Assembly. I... uh, um, I was there for three years, and there was only two and a half staff full time. So learnt a, a truckload there. You're yeah. doing everything from, you know, writing the sponsorship proposal to presenting it, but you'd be licking the stamps and packing the envelopes and everything else. So learnt a hell of a lot there. Then moved, um, got a job with Cricket Victoria as a initially a development officer. So applied for that job, and it was like my dream job. Yeah, like working sure. in, in cricket, and. Uh, so I went through the process. I knew I was down to two. Got the phone call, missed out on the job, and I was shattered, absolutely shattered. Um, and then I thought, all right, well, I've missed that. You know, get on with it. That's fine. And about a week later, I got a phone call back uh, saying the guy they'd offered it to failed a medical because there was a lot of driving and he had a bad back. Um, so he failed a medical and uh, they offered me the job. So I was there for about 10 years. Fantastic. Yeah, so it was great. It sort of started, I was on the road doing clinics and then it very quickly expanded into, um, uh, I was managing the coaching and development department because yep. um, they'd invested a lot more money in cricket. And then outside time. of Cricket Victoria, from there? So from Cricket Victoria, almost 10 years. Um, and then, well, I got my baggy green after that, but it was a Milo tracksuit, not a not a baggy green cap. So I went to Cricket Australia, worked at Cricket Australia for five years. Yep. I was heading up all the... Uh, community and participation sort of programs um, and then from there to tennis so I was the general manager of community tennis um, so I learned a hell of a lot going to tennis it, look, in some ways I probably didn't enjoy enjoy the job but I was um, one of the things we did start was tennis hotshots still around today oh, as yeah, a yeah, yeah. junior development program so we started that at that time um, so I lasted about two years at tennis and then Ended up, uh, my first CEO role was with Softball Australia. Um, So I knew nothing about softball. Mm. Um, But yeah, moved over into that. I'd been used to, you know, cricket and tennis, big budgets. Um, So went to tennis, uh, sorry, moved to softball where there wasn't, you know, the local footy club had um, 10 times the amount of cash cash sponsorship than Softball Australia did at the time when I walked in. It was... Yeah, just really had to fight for every dollar. But some amazing athletes doing whatever they could to yeah. be Olympians. Um, so I had the opportunity to go to Beijing Olympics with um, Excellent. with softball, which was an amazing experience. And um, so the, the team, the women's team won bronze mm. in those Olympics. So that was, yeah, great, great experience. That was uh, after winning bronze in Sydney, wasn't it? Uh, sorry, in Athens? Yeah, so was, they went... They went silver, bronze, bronze, I think it That's was. Right. Uh, um, yeah, so. Um, and then from there, I went to an organisation called Vic Sport, which is the industry body for all sports. So AFL Vic, Cricket Vic, Tennis Vic, 
um, softball, croquet, diving. They're all members of Vic Sport. Yeah. So we're like a, a representative group for all the sports. So I was CEO there for eight years, um, which was, yeah, great. It was more a desk job. Mm-hmm. And then it was probably two or three years before I finished there. I said to my wife, I'm not sure what my next job is and I'm not looking for it yet, but I want to be able to look out the window and see athletes training and playing every day. And the next job I got was here and I get to do that every day. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been um, really, yeah, good fun and probably – you know, the, the wheels turned the 360 with me now working in a school when I started a uni degree as a that. teacher, yeah. which I'd never taught a day in my life, and now I work in a school every day, but um, just loving this place and the job and the whole environment we've got here at MSA. Yeah, it is fantastic. So you're coaching, uh, coaching? background? Yes, it's probably mainly been uh, cricket. Um, so when working in cricket, I was also playing and ended up captain coaching um, at the local level, did a, a bit of that. I coached the Vic under-17s um, in the early days. Uh, and then most recently, from a cricket point of view, I was coach of the Victorian under-15 um, team in the School Sport Australia yep. Championships. We actually did really well. It was a really talented team there. Uh, and then footy, um, always sort of been a helper with my kids' footy and that sort of thing. But uh, a couple of years ago now, um, Dylan... Powell and I, uh, we co-coached the Aberfeldy under-19s and had some success there, which was also great fun. So, yeah, so it's been bits and pieces. I even helped out with soccer. Not that I knew a hell of a lot about soccer coaching, but was an assistant just helping the the head coach uh, in one of the teams that my my kids are in. So I've sort of been involved uh, as a volunteer in junior coaching and then also um, done some senior roles at, you know, everywhere from um, local club, to through to Premier Club and then state level in cricket. Um, and then footy, again, probably through my kids, started to help out with footy. Always loved footy. Massive doggies, man. Um, had the amazing experience to be the team manager of the Western Bulldogs in 2005. Um, so I always loved my footy, just um, probably not, not very good at it. But uh, So, yeah, got it helping out with the local footy club at Aberfeldy and um, ended up coaching some of the teams there as well. And as I said, what a premiership. One and a, yeah, an under-19s premiership yeah. a couple of years back, which was, um, yeah, good fun. Good fun. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, so you said you realised early in your professional career that admin was something that you're probably going to travel down more than that actual teaching role. Did you realise early that coaching was probably going to be more your go than, than playing? Um, yeah, look, I, I was... So I think I finished Premier Cricket at about 24... Um, hindsight I, I wish I had a stuck it out at St Kilda at more than one year I sort of had the year and then I was working in cricket playing cricket it was just too much like I was seven days a week cricket um, like just got married it was just there was too much going on sort of thing so um, I would have in hindsight I would have loved a few more years to have a crack real crack at Premier Cricket but um, yeah the coaching stuff you know I, I don't think I'm an a, outstanding technical coach um, I think my strengths as a coach are bringing a group together and having um, a direction set and we all get on board yeah but yeah just love I, I love one working with young people and um, people that are trying to achieve something uh, yeah, so I do enjoy the coaching but you know when I look around the expertise at this place um, some of the coaches around this place I don't think I'm a, a coach at that level I think I'm an administrator at that yeah. level do you enjoy drawing and, and 
learning from some of the coaches here? Oh, I love I love talking sport yeah, in yeah. this place. Um, there's yeah, so many different experiences, and so my role at Vic Sport got me exposed to a variety of sports. You know, I'd in meeting with people from badminton or diving or whoever else, and I hadn't really had any exposure to those sports as a kid. Mm. So um, to just see the different cultures of each sport and then to come here in a multi-sport environment, uh, yeah, it's just great when you we get the coaches um, in the room we're sitting in now and put a topic on the board and you just get, yeah, so much from those sort of uh, debates and their, their experiences. Yeah, so true. And you mentioned this place. It's an amazing place, isn't it? The the ability and the, of being able to see kids start here at year seven and turn into just fantastic athletes by the time they're in year twelve and and the build up through. It's just it's a real pleasure to watch. Oh, no doubt. And it's um, I mean, I live five kilometres from this place, and I came to the launch when this place actually was okay. opened because I was I think I was at Vic Sport at the time, um, and. But I, I didn't fully appreciate what this place is until I've worked here. Well, you couldn't have back then either, because the facilities that we had back then were were what we have now. No, that's right. And even the just the program itself, until I've actually been here every day and walking around and seeing mm. the resources that the kids get access to and the the programs and services and the people uh, mentoring these young men and women. It's yeah, it's it is an extraordinary place. Um, you know, we say the students are, are lucky, it's a privilege to be here, um, and I think they are to some degree. Um, but I also believe, you know, in reality, we've got what have we got at the moment? Five hundred and seventy um, boys and girls on our books in the, as student athletes. The reality: how many of them are going to play the highest level? Yeah. So I think we've got a big responsibility. It's yes, we're trying to help kids, you know, live their dreams as athletes. But I think we've also got a responsibility of just making good people, good citizens, and when they go back, and if that's in their local sporting clubs or that's in the local bank, if they're working in a bank or if that's, you know, just with their family, if we can actually contribute, you know, to the character and people side, um, I think we've got as big a responsibility with that as we have with developing the athlete. You're dead right. And throughout this series with our coaches, we're going to ask a series of questions that, we're looking for, obviously, everyone's different answers too. So we'll keep the questions fairly similar in the second half of the podcast and get that variation. And, and the first question I'm going to throw you in that regard is, what drives you to get up every morning to be involved with a group of kids like this on their journey? Yeah, I mentioned before, my last job was Vic Sport. It was behind a desk. It was policy. It was government relations. Um, we'd do things and it'd be it might be five years before an outcomes actually comes about. So, um, so you didn't have a lot to celebrate, uh, yeah. or it was long term. Whereas here, you, you know, you, you see the enthusiasm of a kid that has achieved something, or the coaches come in and they're buzzing because the group's just done, or an individual's just done something that they've been working on for a period of time. Um, so that's yeah. What drives me is the energy in this place, like infectious yeah uh and yeah I, I love getting up in the morning I, I keep saying to myself i've got to get up and get in that gym and i don't do it anywhere near enough but um but the environment is definitely infectious and i love uh seeing people and that staff and student athletes trying to be better than they were yesterday yeah so 
you know, it's just uh, a pleasure to be a part of, and it's exciting, and it's it energises an old bloke like me, I reckon. Should there be more of these around? Yeah, no doubt. Um, I, I know we've got some public schools such as Roval and the like that are doing it on their own without the government funding. We obviously had that from the start, but should the government be investing more in, in these sort of things? Well, I, I've heard, and I'm not sure if it's 100% true, but the intention was to do three or four of these around Melbourne or Victoria initially, um, and then I think they, they created Maribyrnong, and then I don't know if it's government change or policy change, and they haven't um, funded any other schools in the way that we're funded. But I think, what are we, 10 years out from... Uh, Brisbane yeah. Olympic Games, um, huge opportunity. The timing's right to put some more money into a few schools r- around the Victoria. Our kids shouldn't have to travel three hours or move home to get the opportunities that the kids get here. Yeah, but at the moment they do. So I'm, yeah, I'd be a huge advocate for two, three, I don't know, four of these types of schools around Victoria, um, with the right leadership and intention. This isn't about us winning stuff. This is about people development. So um, I think if we, we we end up in the you know the basket of trying to win everything and, and we'll win things because we've got a lot of athletes come to this school yeah. and we handpick them. So we should win things. But um, it's not the aim of the program. The aim of this program is to individually develop these kids as best we can, as I said before, as people and as athletes. And hopefully some of them go on to live their dreams. Um, if that's in sport, if that's, yeah, in their careers, whatever it may be. What have you experienced as the most undervalued aspect of an athlete's performance? Um, I think it's the um, the one, the, the athletes I like working with the most are those that genuinely make the people around them better. Yeah. And sometimes that's the coach too. They're bringing the best out of the coach as well as the, the athletes around them. But I, yeah, I think... When you, I think those types of athletes actually get more opportunities because if there's a 50-50 call, you're always going to go with the yeah. culture guy or the culture girl who can um, deliver something additional to just kicking, hitting, catching, whatever the sport may be. So A bit of spunk about them. Yeah, and, and you know, I think a Massimo, that D'Ambrosio, yeah. that came through here recently, recently um, in the mid-year draft to Essendon, I'd describe him as a culture guy. And so if you're going to take a chance on someone in a mid-season draft, I reckon he's the perfect yeah. candidate because he's going to come in and give, provide something off the field for your culture as well as um, obviously on the field too. So I just think that's, you know, I, and particularly in a team sport um, or a team environment, sports that they travel a lot, if you're going overseas and you're going to live out of hotels and out of suitcases and you've got selfish individuals that, you know, happy to drag others down or, yep. you know, don't make the environment fun or positive or enjoyable, uh, very damaging, I reckon. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I'd say for that one. As a coach, what do you believe is the most valued coachable attribute of a, an athlete? Um, it's probably taking on board feedback. So what I mean by taking on board doesn't mean they have to... Um, absolutely change their game based on whatever one person says to them and that's a challenge for student athletes in this place they will have multiple coaches club coach rep coach state Mm. coach our coach private coach parents have been in their ears as well Um, so I think it's tough for a a teenager but I think yeah 
taking on that feedback and then working through it to work out what is best for them. Yeah. And probably out of that group of people, there'll be people that the advice you'd respect more than others. Probably, yeah. And look, coaches don't always get it right either with their no, advice. Um, so I, I always encourage uh, athletes that I've coached to try what I'm telling them, try what other people are telling them, and then work out what works for them. I, the athlete, in the end, they're on the field by themselves. Like The, the coach can pull some levers yeah. and make some changes and whatever it is, but in the end, the performance is the athlete. So I think the best athletes take you know, responsibility for that themselves. And I think the best athletes are their own best coaches. To what extent do you believe the student athletes, parents or carers can really impact on their journey? Oh, enormously. You know, I said before we want to try and impact um, the people side and the character side of, of student athletes. But in reality, the, the bulk of that work is not ours. That's the, the parents or the, the guardians or the carers um, who are with those kids all the time. So, yeah, and it's a, it's a fine line because you've, you, know, you love your kids dearly and you want them to, to succeed and you don't like to see them fail and that sort of thing. Um, but how a parent reacts to a child's knockbacks or failures um, is so important. Um, and sometimes some parents give the, the, the athlete an excuse if they've failed. Well, let the athlete work that out themselves. Support, and yeah, I think parents need to provide all the, put the arm around, but don't clear the path all the way. I think part of the, the struggle is, part of what makes the yeah. a decent athlete ultimately. Yep, good call. Uh, the living, there's limited amount of spots around in regards to professional sports and how important is it that our student athletes here at Maribyrnong especially are made aware of where they are at any point in their journey so they can either reassess or just tighten up? Yep. Yeah, yeah look, I think um, I mean I think it's really important that uh, student athletes get feedback positive or negative negatively from their coaches positive or negative from their coaches um, I think it's really important as an athlete you know what the coach is thinking good or bad but I think you need to to hear that yep. but any negative feedback I think for teenage athletes should be delivered in a um, I just call it subtle honesty so not brutal honesty sometimes it, if you know your athletes you know you know yep. how you should or could deliver feedback but as parents and, and as athletes, you, you want a smooth path from where you are now to where you want to get to, but um, it's not always a, a smooth path. And I don't think, I think it's better if it's not a smooth path. You, know, you need to learn what it's like to come off the bench halfway through the first quarter if you've always started in the middle on the ground. You've got to learn um, to understand your body when it's coming back from injury and when's the right time and when shouldn't you. Um, you've got to learn when you've got a, a coach you actually don't like and how do you deal with that? Because you, you you get to the elite level, well, you don't like your coach, bad luck. Um, so, yeah. yeah, it's what you got. So you need to understand, I think, or experience those things. And I think our job here is to put teenage athletes in as many different environments or situations that they could possibly see themselves at the elite sport level and get them to work out their best response. Yeah, And sometimes they'll trip over and muck that up and that's fine our job's to pick them up maybe provide some feedback some learning and then next time they're in that situation and next time might be at a professional level 
they've experienced it um, and hopefully they're better prepared for that environment. We spoke about it just before we started the, the podcast and I think it was a really good point you brought up about that gradient and some parents believing that the, the trip from point A to point B is just a, a nice steady slope up. Kids improve, up, get better, better, better and then they get to the other point but there has to be dips and, and losses, injuries. There has to be all that sort of stuff. Yep. You need to experience that. Absolutely. Listened to a podcast the other day from a guy named Nick Cox, who's with I think it's Manchester United Academy program, and he talked about it's not a linear path. Um, there will be the ups and downs, yep. and yeah, that's that's part of the the development of an elite athlete. There is very few athletes on the planet that haven't missed a team selection at some point, or been injured, or had setbacks, um, and often it's the ones that deal with that and persistent and resilient that'll uh, ultimately get through. There's a few freaks. But um, only a very few. Yeah. But all the others just work their backsides off and learn probably the hard way, learn lessons along the way to uh, to get to where they've got to. A final question for you. Uh, the best piece of advice you can give any MSA athlete who's listening at the moment out there in regards to dealing with their journey? Yeah, uh, probably enjoy the journey. So sometimes... You can get caught up, as I said, with an injury or a, a selection setback, whatever it is. Take that on board as it's part of the part of the journey. You're going to be better next time because of that. Um, see the positive in the setback if yep. you can. Um, and the next one is that I think I said before, you you're, you are your own best coach. Okay, take responsibility for your journey yourself. Don't leave it up to anyone else. And that's not to mean that you, you make all the decisions and you're selfish and you just do what you want to do. What that means is that you take in all that feedback, work with people around you, and then come up with the, the best response in your own head that you truly believe in. The coach might direct it, but you've got to believe it. And if you don't believe it, work with your coach until you do. Great advice. Mark, thank you for your time. Really appreciate it. It's going to be an interesting series. We're going to as I say, get through all our coaches eventually and, and hear what they've got to say. And I'm glad that you were our first one. Great. Thanks, Tony. Appreciate it. Mark McKellian, the sports director here at Maribyrnong Sports Academy. We'll hear from more coaches over the upcoming weeks.